You're listening to Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Burns, right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Hi, everybody. We are your co-hosts, Bill. That's me and Nancy. That's me. Burns, and we are broadcasting live on Future Theater Radio from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Sulbury Village, Pennsylvania, on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network. Our producer is the ever-faithful, recently returned to his microphone, Jackal. Say hello, Jackal. Hello, Jackal. And Bill Why is it Jackal sometimes and sometimes Angel? I don't know. It's depending upon what I feel like. Uh-huh. Yeah, it depends on how he feels about me that night. And our guest is Jacob Israel, who will talk to us about various and sundry things, including the uh, the Bible and what and how he interprets. Well, various two topics passages. I lay out for you that we must talk about, and one is the Mandela effect, and yes. two is the near near uh, near Nibiru. Nibiru. The return of the planet Nibiru. Yeah. And and but the bef- thing he found. The thing he found by simply looking closely. Now, I will call him on some things on the Mandela effect. That's the whole point. Everybody uh, remembers things differently. Yeah, um, but first, but I want. But but he's got some really great background stuff. And okay, so no, there's, there's something. There's a, there's a video he put on uh, recently uh, on the Mandela effect, which really made made me think, especially with uh, the whole thing of the World Wide Web. How www in Hebrew is six six six, and CERN's logo has six 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 on it. And there's a lot of stuff that he's been working on with the Mandela effect, which is really yeah. creepy stuff. Yeah, yeah, really, really creepy. Well, that's stuff. what I want to talk about because guess what? Um, one of the things he talks about. What is about, he saying? Is six 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 again, Angel? The www just... in Hebrew. Yep. No. What's with oh, no, the no. letter W? Is it number six in the alphabet? No, it's not W. What would be Hebrew for W? No, I think what he's saying is the the letter that looks like W. Well, we'll find this out. Well, we'll, we f- we'll find, find it out. out. We'll find it out. Yep, that's the whole purpose of having them on. Anyway, yeah, exactly. anyway, I want to start tonight. Well, but we have to look as we have look. to start tonight. Out, so nope. look, see, see here. We have to start tonight off with. Uh, a little homage, a little encomium. No, oh, I know what you're going to say. To poor G- to Gene yeah. Wilder, yeah. who oh, died of complications yeah. from Alzheimer's disease today. Mm. And, you know, it's sad. It really is sad because he was, I'm just going to give my, he was one of the funniest people I can Genius. I have ever seen. I mean, and the fact that it was Alzheimer's disease. Oh, my God, that is so awful. I mean, Gene Wilder, first of all, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, folks can argue with me, but when the cons at the Democratic Convention, <laughs> this is terrible. I'm going to get reamed for this. When the cons <laughs> at the Democratic Convention, when when Khazir Khan held up the Constitution, I could only think of Gene Wilder at you know. a Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory screaming, you get nothing, you are nothing. I'm sorry. Uh, it's been a, it's been I'm just a, a horrible year this year with celebrities and deaths in general. My mother, of course, is the worst of yes, them all. Of course, but uh, I feel so bad. Yes. Yeah. 
But uh, it's just it, it's terrible. We also lost another uh, icon a couple of days ago, and you guys probably don't know who this is because he's a Spanish singer. Yeah. But he's one of the most legendary singers in Spanish. Oh, I one Gaudian. Yeah, I heard about that. I was going to ask you about Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I heard yeah. About and that. So, um, what 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 made him famous? What are we missing? Well, his music. I mean, I, I'm not a fan personally myself because uh, I don't listen to Spanish music. Um, but anybody who's anybody in Latin America, Juan Gabriel was probably like one of the most iconic singers uh, ever in mm. Spanish music. I mean, sold a hundred million records worldwide. Mm. He's a Mexican uh, singer and uh, died at 66 from a heart attack. Mm. Now, here's the thing. This guy was, uh, he, he was so dedicated to music that he was still performing even in his 60s. When you know oh. concert after concert, I mean, he, he he was the type of guy. He said he would die on stage because he would never. Did stop you performing. happen to see the movie? Um, you might have already seen it. It's called Inside Llewellyn. The oh, Inside Llewellyn Davis. No. Oh, Llewellyn Davis. You Llewellyn, got to see Inside Llewellyn Davis. Now, uh, do you know the Cone Brothers, right? They've they've done all kinds of movies. Oh yeah, and, of course. Okay, so this is their latest, and it kind of came out last year, and the uh, PR about it, it didn't do great at the box office, but it did win all the all the festival awards at Cannes and everything. And but it sort of just sort of died. But that's the kind of perfect movie you're looking for when you're on Netflix or whatever. You're looking for the movies that should you know should that are great, and and you will find them from word of mouth like this. But it's it's inside Llewellyn Davis, and it's the main. Uh, let me find who the main actor is. Every classic person from the Coen Brothers is in this, like... Uh, oh, John, John Goodman. George Clooney? John no George, George no George, but uh, my goodness, so many people, and uh, Llewellyn Davis, let me just... But um, it's, it's, it's about this folk singer in the 1960s and 60s. It's a pretend story about a, a real singer named Dave Van Ronk. Have you ever heard of him, Angel? Dave Van Ronk? No, I can't say I have. Okay, so the uh, Dave Van R-O-N-K, and he only, he only died, he didn't die that long ago. This movie is fictional and pretends to be about him, okay? And um, it's basically a movie about failure. And just like uh, Birdman, I think it was called Just Plain Birdman with uh, right. Keaton. Right. It's sort but of I mean, like yeah, that. Yeah, but this song was also, I mean, if I had to find another song that would that would um, evoke what this movie might have been, it, it would have been um, Homeward Bound, you know, the Paul Simon song Homeward Bound. Okay, but the actor's name is Oscar Isaac. He's been in other stuff. I think he's of a course, Star yeah. Wars. He's he in was Star in Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, he's yes. Paul Dameron. He is oh, the first okay. Cuban in space. Sort of. Oh, my goodness. Well, he's the lead. <laughs> he's the lead. And he's terrific. Oh, he looked, that's awesome. Yeah, and he's he sings. You know, the, the music in this is obviously famous. Justin Timberlake is in this. Um, oh, he's Carrie Mulligan, Justin. Carrie Mulligan. I mean, it's really, really good. Um, and... Just fabulous! Just a Coen Brothers movie, and it's if you love music, this is. But but I want you to listen to when you watch this movie, and we'll we'll talk about this on a later show. The the question I put to you is, what kind of a generation do you think in your mind this is true music that Bill grew up with when he lived in the village in this very these very years sixty one. Mm -hmm. This is set in sixty one. This is the music people aspire to, and. At the very, I don't think I'm giving anything away. But basically, am I going to give anything away if I say who's at the end of the movie? Oh no, no, no! I mean, this is the uh, this is. I mean, it's not a surprise ending. But you're right. I mean, this is uh, this is that point in history when music turned. Well, the Coens are fascinating because they they like to do entire movies about just this one 
moment when your life goes to crap or you do you know, like the wrong thing. Like in this case, there is that moment. Right, you know, a when serious you, man, your life goes to crap because you did the wrong thing. In this movie, it's the same thing. Yeah, but anyway, it, and it's a, it's a very um, revolutionary type. But anyway, it's a, it's a movie about um, the end of the folk era, basically, and the change that was coming over the world. But I just wonder what you, Angel, a young person looking at this, thinks about the gen- what you would look at these coffee houses. It's all about coffee houses. Um, this is like the Lenny Bruce kind of coffee house. I'm not really um, a coffee house type of guy, though. It's, oh no, 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 no that's not my bag. Wait, no, but of course, and I say be that because you know. Away before you were born. No, but I say that right, because right. you know what that means. When when I say it's a coffee house movie, you immediately know what the cliche is. Right, right. Unless right. I've never been in one myself, I, I would love to have. But the point is, that's the cliche. If I, so, I say it's set in the coffee house. You know, kind of what to expect. Just like with any movie about the the comic I just mentioned, uh, who died of heroin in the bathroom. Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce, right. Lenny, Lenny Bruce. Bruce. But anyway, yeah. um, T-Bone T- 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 Burnett, is he somebody that, whose Who? name? T-Bone but anyway, Burnett? Okay, Dave of. Van Ronk it was, was a folk singer who kind of almost made it but didn't make it. And that's kind of what okay. this is all about. And he almost made it in a couple of ways. He was going to be in Peter, Paul, and Mary. Right. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say that he was going to be the third person in Peter, Paul, and Mary in place with Anyway, so else, it's, a one, it. it's a movie that you'll just sit back and be glad you saw. But like well, so it, 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 things, yeah. here's the, here's the, here is a, a, a point for us. Like so okay. many other things, our paths crossed. Not in 1961 because the timeline is all screwed up. But our paths crossed indile- indirectly across with uh, Theodore Bikel, the actor and folk singer Theodore Bikel, who's the one who brought, who helped bring Peter, Poe, and Mary together at these folk festivals. He introduced somebody to, to Peter Yarrow or somebody, Mary Travers to Peter Yarrow, one of the two. But, uh, but it's funny to see how all these paths crossed. And, of course, our paths crossed with Theo Bikel. Um, 30 years after this guy Van Dronk. It's very funny. Van Ronk. Van Ronk. Van Ronk. But um, the question I keep wanting to get to to ask Angel is, what, looking at this coffeehouse scene, and you can kind of picture that sort of scene, knowing that this is, this, you're looking at your parents, you're looking at the things that formed your parents, okay, or people of your parents' age, you right. would ask yourself, what kind of world are these people going to create? And we are, in fact, that world. But when you look at the kind right, of music, right. that they, in other words, the music that they were listening to in this movie was accurate. Everybody's raved about how accurate it is. I think it's real stuff in some cases. Who knows? I think it's anyway. But um, compare it to what kids listen to now. That's where I'm going. It's well, so most of the music nowadays silly. is garbage. Well, I know, but young kids don't listen to the kind of aspirational music. The blues. Now, this is also, this guy was, it was the blues. Um, right. He was a crossover. You know, the, uh, the, un, the unearned white people listening, you know, unearned blues. I often think, think about that because the blues come from really hard jobs. You know, like I, I, I yeah, have been working yeah. all day, which reminds me, that's what I was saying. Which is why it's, the, that's why it's called the blues, Nancy, because they're I knew that. When mad, I, upset, I knew they're sad, head. depressed. You know how I've got the blues. Well, I know I, there was a moment in my life when I knew what it meant, and we were living in this fabulous architectural house in it's on in Venice. Saint, in Venice, and uh, we were trying to sell it, 
And it was way out of our means. It's a long story why we were there. But I was trying to clean the tiles. The whole thing was gray tiles with kind of dingy gray grout. And I this was, trying was the to, kitchen? No, this was no, the whole the floor, TV right. room. And so I had taken all the furniture off. It was a big room, and I was trying to clean the grout. And I was, for some reason, the only music that felt right was the blues because I was on my hands and knees with mops and scrub brushes. Because you had, you had the blues, Nancy. You were on your knees cleaning the floor. Absolutely. That would make anybody blue. Are you kidding me? That's when I Except realized. for Canadians. Canadians are never blue. Well, they're blue by cold from the cold. Well, no, that's what Canadians talk are. Blue, talk Swedes. Ooh, yeah. that, blue. That, that's why their flag is red and white. Yeah. Because okay, never so now blue. you know what? I happen to open Facebook. Now, there's Uh-oh. a group on Facebook that happens to be talking about our show right now. Um, and this is a really private little group as far as I can see. You have okay. to kind of, kind of almost be invited to be part of it, sort of. And so they're talking about our show right now, and they don't understand what we're talking about. <laughs> So because they're like, what is this coffee house stuff? Gobbledygook! You have to come in from yeah, the Cohen Brothers. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, guys, on Facebook. Okay. Listen, here's the deal. Yeah. We saw this movie. Okay, like we're both Nancy sixty nine. I'm going to be seventy two in a few months. Yay! So we saw Yay, this movie. People. So I'm thirty eight. I'm going to back you guys up on Facebook here. So we saw this movie. I forget the name of it, but we saw this movie, and it's set in 1960, 61. And it's about the end of the folk music era. It was big, big from like the middle 50s on. And then it kind of ended. So you're, you're recapping what we just said. No, but I'm telling it to the Facebook people so they know what they're talking about. I think the, the Facebook, see, about. I keep losing the window. That's the thing. And they might already have gone off on okay, another tangent. Okay, well, if you go off on something else, forget about it. But if you're not, it's about that music. <laughs> and it's like when it was oh, our music. Oh, here it is. Music. Here it is. This I can pop it up. Music. Here we go. It was the Peter, Paul, and Mary's, go. the Bob Dylan's, the this and that. In the early 1960s, and why this particular person failed. That's all. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Also, and I say this to the little Facebook group, you know who you are. In fact, their name is Friends and Light and Love. Okay, so you could just imagine Friends why. and Light I'm and Love. And, and, and some of these people I actually almost know in real life. I think I've met a few of them in real life. But in real life, I want to say thank you to White Crow because White Crow has sent us the most gorgeous hoodies I'm just letting you know, um, a lot of people at Bella Haven on Belgab, and again, you know who you are, um, White Crow. And so, and so, we will be taking a picture tomorrow of ourselves in yes, our hoodies. Yes, we will be. Thank you, yeah. White Crow. And then we have, and then White Crow just, you know, he's, he's just got millions of dollars now stashed away in the favor bank, okay? And I'm just racking, you know, so first of all, I will offer him many of our books that we have. And by the way, Angel, I want to thank you once again for suggesting uh, the thing. They with, don't pay, though. It doesn't matter with Amazon. My God, Bill's been selling a textbook that he that he wrote with Bob Keppel. A true <laughs> crime. A true crime. And we had like six or seven of them in our attic, which we so We were selling them for like $75 a piece because that undercuts the price of $90. They are new. Yeah, and, and we just and sold it. Is, and the oh. funny thing is, we're writing a second edition of it. I oh, mean, oh, nice. oh, oh, will be. Okay, so we have some old people here in in Friends and Light and Love, and also, uh, you know, so, yeah, okay, old people. But anyway, uh, so I want, yeah, old people are cool. Yeah. Oh, I had a book come out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Twenty. I had a book come out last week, Psychiatric Criminology. Well, I if hope you guys have an extra hundred bucks. You could buy a copy of that. I hope nice. that the people in, I believe, Arizona. Next, tomorrow, elect John McCain 
real, you know, renominate him for the, the Republican Party because the woman running against him in the primary is so mean. Yeah, she said he can't Ooh. be a senator because he's eighty. You know it's, what? You know the hell what? with you. You know what? Um, if you look online and start looking at really like extreme athletes at the, in the older years, I have read online that if you were an extreme athlete at eighty, your body would be about as good as a twenty-year-old's. A twenty-year-old who's out of shape. Seriously, I mean, in other have you words, guys, have what? you seen the way Stallone looks at seventy? Yeah, but he's yeah, not. He looks- he's not an extreme athlete. He's an extreme plastic surgeon person. No, no, no. He's no Nancy. No, no. He is an extreme athlete in his own way. I mean, he oh, works so you, out I thought you were just saying mean stuff. Yeah, no, I've not. I haven't seen you. You mean he takes his shirt off and stuff in some of the movies? I haven't seen the latest movies. You have to see the way he still looks, and he's in the seventies. Right. That guy is ripped. Is he? Oh well, my God! Ripped. He's our age. I mean, he's yeah. your age. Right? I thought you were going to say bad yeah. things. That's why I said the plastic surgery. No, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Stallone, uh, and, and you know, of his movies, Rocky, Rambo. I love those movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've I've seen him. You know, recently he did uh, Creed, and he did Rocky right. uh, Six before that, and and John Rambo, the movie Fears before that, and that dude is huge. Okay. He had a, a picture of him uh, not long ago, a few months ago, uh, because he was talking about the way he works out his regimen and all that stuff, and that guy could kick my ass. I mean, he yeah. is. Huge. He's ripped. Well, and he's in, he's not a tall guy home. either. He's he's like five no, eight he's five short. He's not a tall. Yeah, he is short. Is he? Yeah, he's short, but he is really well put together because he works out on a daily basis, takes care of his body. He does uh, supplements which are legal, and he does it, you know, because oh, he knows by what the he's way, doing. So. I had I had one of those ideas you get in the shower. They, they're called shower oh, ideas, and it's this: Wouldn't it be cool to have an Olympics of totally steroidal people, like everything's allowed, and just to see what the human body is capable of? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> every every, re- every record in the Olympics will be broken, Nancy. Every no, no, no. They wouldn't be the Olympics. It no, would be like a steroid special... Olympics. No, it's like so the it doesn't really instead of the, the Para Olympics, it could be the Meta Olympics or something. Thing, you know, like the mega Olympics <laughs> or the drug Olympics. But, you know, like if you can hack your body in any way you can think of. Hack away. You know, and then let's have let's have races. And, you know, it, it, it could be fascinating, you know, seeing what the human body is capable of. I still have one question. I have one question coming out of these Olympics. Right. This is a question, and I, I think about this, and I say to myself, I can't understand this, and it's this. Why is Usain Bolt not in the NFL? Good question. He's big. He's, big, he's strong. Has the perfect name. He's unbelievably fast. New York Giants draft him. Well, Maybe he, he just not. doesn't like football that way, you know. Maybe well, for he likes God's sake, nobody would ever touch him. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness, that's another great out, movie. Splitting this guy out as a, as as an end, another, and then say, "Don't even worry, just run." Another good movie I can highly recommend is Will Smith in Concussion. Oh, great movie! It's not like it's not. That's a, that was an okay movie. The other thing I didn't like about well, there's a couple of things I didn't like about that movie, but one of the main things was when he speaks, he loses his accent most of the time in the movie. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like not there's, too so, there's much. times that there, yeah, there's times you're like, yeah, that's just his regular voice, right, and then he goes back into yeah. the accent, he goes back and yeah. forth. Like he couldn't really stick with the I accent, and that's a lack of acting. Started, you know, I mean, he, he there's moments where he. Yeah, there was moments in the movie that he was good, but for the most part, I was, it, the movie was kind of weak, I thought, in a way. But, uh, you know, the, the topic well, itself was a very important movie, topic. It's, it's a one-note movie, but it's right? A true I mean, story. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's well, it, 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 
it is a yeah, it is a well-known movie. It is a true story, and it is a very important topic. Topic because look, football, the NFL, is a very dangerous sport. That's why you're seeing now more and more athletes are retiring at the age of twenty-five, thirty, because they don't want to put fifteen, twenty years of their, exactly. you know, their life I mean, in this. You're going to get yeah. So even if you're getting like ten, fifteen million dollars for like five years, why do you want to die when you're forty-five, right. not even knowing who you are, and in a lot of exactly. pain because that's. Mm-hmm. What that well, I know the movie has already had the impact that the NFL feared, and that is that our grandkids are for their mothers wouldn't even vaguely consider putting them in football. Period. Yep. They all do soccer. That's right. That you is know, so. Well, on, honestly, f- football is, is a sport that probably won't be around in the next twenty five years. I, I think agree. that is exactly. I think you're boxing? exactly right. And, and by the way, do exactly we are we right. want to take a little break really early? Yes. Yeah, yes. we're going to do a little break a little earlier because we're going to have Jacob uh, Israel on, and I want to have him as long as possible on the air. Uh, plus, he I think he has to get up early tomorrow, so I don't want to have him on you know longer. Then, uh, then you know he's able to be on, but because uh, he's you know, old, he's really old, right? Yeah, he's older than, he's than us. He's How been old? around forever. Yeah. How old? I'll ask. <laughs> so he's not. He's he's not that old. He's not that old. I mean, I'm no, so his no, picture. No. He's like you know, he's older he's than 50, dirt. Older than dirt. You know, older than dirt. No, no, he's right. He's probably like in his early forties, mid forties on there. He doesn't. Yeah, what? he's not that old. He's just got an old soul because he knows so much, Bill. That's what it is. Oh, really? We'll see about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what. I, look, I've, I don't get impressed much by folks on YouTube. His channel really does impress me. Like I, Every time I go to his channel and I see a new video by Jacob, I'm like, I'm glued to it because I know it's going to be some really informative stuff oh. that is going to either change my mind on things or it's going to make me think of uh, something that I didn't, I didn't think of when it came to that topic. Was the neighbor uh, you know, who won the first really one you saw? The first one I saw was one that dealt with uh, Eris, the planet Eris being okay. uh, possibly Nibiru, which I, it's funny because, like I said on Skywatchers when we had him on, that's something that I thought the moment they announced they yeah, found Eris, I was I like, that's too. Nibiru. That's exactly what that's I mean. Nibiru. But, but, it's on the wait. elliptical orbit, everything. But the, but I'm asking you, is the first one you saw, I think it's the one you sent to me, um, where he had discovered that NASA kind of like slipped about Nibiru? Yeah, that that's the one. Okay, okay, cool. That's the one, yeah. We're on yeah, the same the page. I linked is, to that on the Future Theater page on the show What page. I want to ask him is about the elliptical orbit of that planet. Because well, that's what we'll if, talk about. Well, it's actually a planetoid, but if it's th- how close does it come to Earth on its orbits? Well, I don't know if he knows that answer, but I mean, uh, the fact that it NASA... Can't Nibiru, it can't be Nibiru if it doesn't come close to Earth. That's well, the here's whole the point of, what, of but, what Nibiru is. Right, but here's the... Well, according to to Sitchin and Lore, but the what you know he said on the video, which he kind of got NASA, uh, he caught NASA slipping, was that they're sending a probe out to see this thing uh, on the kind of like on the way back from Pluto. Right, and if if, that, if that's the case, then that means it's coming closer to Earth. Cause well, we back. know that's true. So, the, in other words, this planet has already passed Pluto. We're just not being told. Right, and that's right. kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. Are we being told? Are you guys just too paranoid for words? Or yes. is something going on? <laughs> yes. No, it excites Both me. Both are yes. Is Proxima, what, no, it excites me more is Proxima B, is the discovery of that planet, whatever that is, Proxima B. And we're beginning to get some, it, I would say, by the end of this week, we will see some really incredible pictures of Jupiter. And I'm Jupiter. telling you right now, uh, Steve Bassett said on the UFONI radio a, a few weeks ago, 
that he thinks disclosure is going to happen this year. And I know, I know, he's been saying that for about two decades now. Uh, but I think he might be right about that this time. Well, I'll tell you one thing, because a clock is always right two times a day, even when it stops. The fact that Steve Bassett says that every year, he's 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 ultimately going to be right. And I think this might be the year. Bill, take us out. (laughs) (laughs) So we are, so, uh, so we are going to take our break now and come back with our guest, Jacob Israel. In just a minute after these wonderful announcements, we are Bill and Nancy Burns on Future Theater Radio. This is Future Theater Radio on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network. And we'll be back with our guest, Jacob Israel, in just a few minutes after these important messages. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of and more. SupermanHomePage.com
And we are back on Future Theater Live on PSN Radio on the Dark Matter Digital Network with our guest, the very scholarly Jacob Israel. Um, so, Jacob, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it on this wonderful summer night. Oh, I am so thrilled. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for uh, calling me scholarly. I love it. Well, I, you know, one He's a gentleman only, and a scholar. One has only to read your material, um, uh-huh. and you can see where um, you are really digging deep into uh, some of this material. I, I, I really uh, am impressed. Jacob, is Jacob, uh, I appreciate is that. Jacob Israel your real name? Well, I mean, well, Jacob is definitely my name. The, the Israel part, we'll, we'll just say, is God given. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what is a name really? You know. Like well, really actually, change, so. actually, <laughs> actually, um, uh, did your name and your book, The Calling, um, mm-hmm. are they, do they, do they sort of have a similarity? The book of Thomas James? Oh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the whole book is, is, is definitely, it's kind of like the, the idea of, um, it, it's, I, I had a connection with, you know the uh, we'll say the character or the uh, the story of the, the the father of you know uh, the, the Jewish religion uh, religion uh, Jacob Israel is the story of a, a kind of a changed life and um, I just I always felt a strong connection to it you know just um, we we all basically start off thinking we're something we're not and somewhere along the line after a life of wrestling we find out that we are indeed a lot more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, well, tell so us uh, which one was Jacob. Jacob is the son of the it's woman Abraham, who, Isaac, and Jacob. But he's the son that Rebecca was very, very, very old, and he's, they didn't uh, expect the son. son. Yeah, he was Isaac. Well, you know, son. it's yeah, he was Isaac's son, and um, he was one of the twins. Uh, he had a uh, had another brother, an older brother. That uh, the story goes that they were in a womb together, and he wanted to be the firstborn, and. So he uh, grabbed grabbed Esau's heel and tried pulling him back, uh, which is uh, it's, it's actually a very very cool allegory. And um, you mean in the, wh- the while in the womb he was able while to in the womb. okay. So who became the firstborn of the well, two? Esau was well, the Esau, firstborn. Esau did. Yeah, Esau. But Jacob's was, hand was on Esau's ankle. Yeah, but wouldn't right, it normally be someplace? Well, what? <laughs> okay, but the real okay, okay, but I, I got to step in. Unless it's Anthony Weiner, we know where his the real was. Sto- yeah, but the real story here <laughs> is that is that um, Jacob. First of all, to the story involves Jacob and Isaac, as well as Esau, because and Rebecca, because it, it was mm-hmm. it was um, how Rebecca tricked Isaac into bestowing all of the benefits of primogeniture on, on Jacob instead of Esau. But the point was that um, Esau was the hunter. He was the hunter of the field. Right. And, 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 and Jacob was not. But Jacob was his mother's favorite. Esau was well, not. Jacob was a shepherd. Jacob, Jacob was, was a shepherd. There's an, there's an interesting, there's an interesting um, story here in that story. Uh, it, it's kind of told again and again and again all the way through scripture you find these there are these two men in scripture and um the first man adam being the first man uh he he basically became a killer if you will because he brought death into the world now i'm talking kind of on a, a metaphorical level 
so he brings death into the world. And then the last Adam, uh, according to the Judeo-Christian religion, uh, the last Adam brings life. He's a shepherd. But you see the story of this firstborn and this, this lastborn, or this firstborn and the secondborn, told again and again and again. So, um, Adam has two children. The firstborn was Cain. He was a killer. The secondborn was Abel, a shepherd. And, of course, God preferred the latter to the to the um to the beginning the the first child always seems to be this you know this thing that should be cast away <laughs> abraham has two sons okay abraham where where are that, where are you in your family in your family oh no i i am no religious no no i mean are you are you firstborn or second are you oh no i i mean this really is i have many other brothers that i haven't met i never met my father my mother was a teenage mom she had me when she was uh 18 and my uh we we actually ironically my backyard was a um a project called adam's garden which i find fascinating in the first 60 years of my life wow adam's garden was my backyard so i think that's kind of cool but um you know i was born on june 11th too which is another interesting thing you know there's the edge of gemini tie and and also i was the head writer of wrestling which i also you know i always thought that was really kind of fascinating what what do you mean the head writer what was wrestling i was uh uh, wrestling, World Wrestling Federation, World Wrestling Entertainment. I was oh, WWF head, head guy. Yeah, I was the I was the head writer of the show between ninety nine and two thousand. What writing? When well, you writing, say writing, producing. Yeah, there's actually oh. there is writing involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nancy, wrestling is uh, scripted. No, but you mean it's, when, it's when all... you say writing, you mean you mean the host, what the hosts are going to say and stuff. No, is... no, no. Let him well, finish. No, let him finish. Every, I'll tell you. Everything, everything. You know, not just from what the uh, hosts say, but what the wrestlers say, and who who fights who, and uh, story arcs, and what happens behind the scenes, and um, and actually, when I went there, I brought in the element of scripting. You know, I scripted entire. You know, scenes, and they had never done that before. They used to work oh. on bullet points. But and and this is a this is interesting. I took over a show called Traditional Championship Wrestling, and I found this really fascinating. And when I left the show, the last show that I did, I actually was in the ring with. And I'm not a wrestler, but I there was a wrestler named Angel, and I find it really kind of cool. That's the last mm-hmm. time that I did any kind of wrestling. Right. It's TV. Jacob wrestling with an angel, right? With an angel, right? And the irony is, this is the cool thing, and, it, and this hit me on the uh, on the plane coming uh, home, was the fact that he actually, uh, his, uh, oh, what was it? He, it's, it snapped. His, his sciatica. His, his, snapped. his sciatica. Well, no, well, what happened was, you know, he had a, uh, it, I guess the tendon in his leg snapped. Right, he, it was a sciatic nerve, exactly. Yeah, that's you what know. happened. It was the angel. Well, back up pressed... and tell us, why was he wrestling with the angel? Well, see, then this is all, if this, you know, it's interesting because I'm walking around with a, a cane right now. I have um, something called ankylosing spondylitis, and I have a terrible, um, my hip is uh, pretty diseased, which is really kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story is... Uh, in in fact, in, in June... Oh, my God, hold on. Let me, let me cut you off real quick. Uh, uh, Jacob, this is sure. uh, you know, off topic, but that is exactly what a friend of mine has, the uh, spondylitis. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, oh, one okay. of my close one of my close friends has that, and it's kind of like the similar to what the Hunchback at Notre Dame had, right? <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's not a fun fun condition. I have Crohn's. No, it's not. Crohn's disease. Ah, so you take so do you take phenobarbital for the Crohn's disease? JFK did. No, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't take. Uh, I don't take that. I you know I was on a lot of medication my pretty much my entire life. 
the side way, effects uh, are really uh, awful. But that I'm tr- I've been tr- I've been staying away from uh, a lot of the medication, trying to do it naturally. But you know, so what I was saying about the um, the story here with these two two um, you know the firstborn and the secondborn, right. it, it's all the way through scripture. You know, so Esau was the secondborn. Now Esau, I'm sorry, Esau was the firstborn. He was a hunter. He was a killer. Right. And um, and Jacob, of course, was the shepherd. So here we see the story told again and again. The first man is a hunter. He's on the prowl. He's um, he seeks to to dominate. You know, whatever he comes across, he's a predator. And the second is a shepherd. He's not someone that dominates. He's not someone that kills or um, you know, to to feed his flesh. He's someone that leads. And so the story of uh, of uh, Jacob Israel, which is, I, I think it's kind of cool because that's who I am. You know, um, that's why I, I um, you know, I, I knew early on that I was going to take the last name Israel, and it's mm-hmm. almost like it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but it is, it's the story of a changed life. So when when people are reading the book, it's not really about me, the author, but it's it's kind of like it's the story of every man because the first man is a lie. Basically, you know, we come into this world and we're told who we, uh, you know, who we are. You're given a name, Nancy, right? That's who you are. If I say, who are you? You say, I'm, you know, this is who I am. But that's not who you are. You're so much more than a name. You're so much more than your experiences. You're so much more than your affiliations and your societal beliefs. You are more. It, you have infinite possibility and infinite um, potential. The problem is you've been told since birth that you don't. You know, there was a time like Adam when we were all naked and unashamed. You know, we were not uh, prohibited from anything. We just lived our life, and there was joy, and there was peace. And then one day along the line, you know, someone says, you can't run around naked anymore. And then we become ashamed, and uh, and we we end up falling under a curse. uh, But might that be the But I mean, but, okay, but let's, okay, but let's back up. So let's stay with... um, well, let's stay with um, uh, uh, Jacob and uh, let's stay with the Jacob and Esau for a second. The metaphor also for Jacob and Esau is that although Esau was the hunter of the field and the strong man of the two twins, it is Jacob who uses his wiles and his wits to outwit his elder brother because when Esau comes home from the field, in other words, Part of the story is that there's this prophecy at the birth of the twins that the younger mm-hmm. shall be, uh, 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 that the yeah, elder, the elder shall serve elder the younger, serve right? The elder the younger, shall serve right. the younger, even though there'll be two nations. And mm-hmm. part of the story is that the prophecy that's being made about the two of them is fulfilled, but it's, it's fulfilled through a natural transaction. Esau comes home from the field. And he says he's dying of hunger. And he says to Jacob, if you make me your stew, your red lentils. Give me your lentils. Give me your lentils. lentils, (laughs) Lentil stew. I will give you my birthright. And so basically what Jacob does. Because he was so hungry? uh, Yeah. As a lawyer, it's just fine. If you give me your birthright, I will make you the lentil (laughs) stew. It's not as old as the stuff, and that, but, but I mean, re- remember, we're talking about biblical times, so he's not throwing a casserole in the microwave. He's <laughs> softening the beans, he's boiling the beans, he's making the but thing, you know you're and he serves about, him the lentil stew. You're too, talking but, about the hunting-gathering society yes, versus but that the domestic. Hap- that is also what happens to complete the prophecy when, when Rebecca says to Jacob, um, right. you, 
give your uh, you'll bestow your inheritance as uh, to the uh, to the eldest child, and then uh, 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 Jacob appears before his uh, uh, appears before his father Isaac wearing a hair coat. And Isaac, at this point, who is blind, he probably has macular degeneration, he, right. he, he reaches out and touches the sleeve, and he says, ah, you're my son Esau, and here's what I give you. And then when yeah, Esau and you know what's funny, returns from the very, field... It's, it's very interesting, because what he says to him is, is incredibly telling, you know? He says, you, you know, it's, it's like you, you, you feel like you feel like Esau, you know? Yes, it's almost right. like you're presented... There's a great. There's, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a much bigger truth that's in there. Well, there is there. because look what happens at the end of it. Look what happens at the end of their transaction. Jacob, um, now with his wives, re- uh, returns. Right, he he now has his wives and he returns. And the point is that he and Esau now have to reconcile. And, and they do. And the and that's the but but that's the larger point. It is that is yeah. And but it is also a larger point also made by um, by um, Isaac, Yitzhak and um, Ishmael, which is that the two of them come together to bury their father, Abraham. And this, I think, I mean, I'll tell you this. This is this is like my private prophecy. Uh, prophecy. That is what will happen in the Middle East, that the two. Semitic cultures will come together at the end, just like be, be, because in this very telling verse in 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 Genesis, this very telling verse, when um, when Sarah has demanded that um, Abraham expel Hagar and the baby and the baby Ishmael. Because Hagar is lording it over Sarah, saying, you know, I mean, my son is the elder son, your son, Isaac, is the younger son. And so she demands that Abraham expel Sarah, uh, expel Hagar. And, right. and there they are in the desert. Ishmael is dying because he's, 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 he's dying. And what happens is the, the very famous line is, and God remembered Hagar, and in so doing, he saves and Ishmael. made him a great nation. And they build him a, a great nation. But at the end of it, Ishmael and Isaac come together to bury Abraham. And that's right. the important part of that story. They are brothers. Now, can I, can I tell you what I believe that actually means? Sure. As opposed to the historical. Please. Because, see, like, you know, I, one of the things that in my website, if people go to jacobisrael.com, they're going to find. And this is why, you know, I was the, um, I ran, I was the head writer and producer of the largest, you know, Christian network in the world. And, um, I never really quite fit there. And I had uh, very different beliefs and shared them quite often. But, you know, what I wrote and what I, you know, I did a talk show and I did a cartoon and I did a lot of other things. So I never really had to get bogged down in the religious aspect of it. But I was definitely called to, uh, to be there and to see how things go. And, um, so when I left there, I, I decided, and I had started my website while I was still working there, but living in New York. I had decided that I was going to give away what I knew to be true for free, that I wasn't going to charge for it. And so I started sharing essay after essay after essay. So now this beautiful story that you just told me, and, and you did it much like a history teacher, and, and it probably happened that way, you know. Um, I, I don't believe that it's 
far-fetched to believe that these stories in Scripture are literally true as well. Well, they are true. But, you know, well, and, 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 I mean, what, yeah. what I mean by true is just to rejoin right. you, they are, uh, the Bible is telling its version of a history. There are parts of the Bible, right. there are there are parts of that history that have been excised from the official Bible. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right? Of like, course. The, like the Watchers, the, the Book of Nicodemus, yeah. the, the Book of Joseph. Right. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been back, how many Liberty and exactly. you know, the gospel. Of, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but see, the thing is, is that once again, it's kind of like I go back to, um, I say this a lot to people because it helps people, you know, the story of the boy who cried wolf, you know, it's been documented, but it doesn't matter if there was a boy or a wolf, you know, it's the spirit of the story that actually gives life. It doesn't matter if there's an Abraham. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter if there's an Isaac or a Jacob. It doesn't matter to me, but what matters to me is the spirit of the historical, you know, story that's laid out or the allegorical story that's laid out. The spirit gives life because the letter will always kill because you're going to always add your literal interpretation to it, you know. So it's, if you take something literally, like, um, that when someone does something wrong, you must stone them, you know, uh, you're going to, Take, take, take rocks and put people to death, even though there's a, a higher moral law, which is that you shouldn't kill, that love is the only law that really matters. So the story of Jacob and Esau, and not just that, but also you brought up Ishmael. Ishmael, I want to point this out, he was born in servitude. He was a slave. You know, um, Agar was a slave. And that's a beautiful picture of how we are born. We're literally birthed into a world, a slave to all the sins of the world that are put on top of us. You know, we become, and this is why, here's the thing, there's this kingdom, this truth, this this infinite possibility that's within us all, and you cannot inherit that if you don't cast off that slave mentality. So Ishmael has to be cast off. The eagle man, the carnal man, the idea of who right, but that's the whole are. point. Yeah, but that's oh, wait, the whole point. Of the, but that's the whole point of the Torah but is wait. that you have to cast off your slavery because that's when the Hebrews are standing at the shores of the Jordan River and right. they send the spies in and they come back and what the Israelites say to Moses is we would rather die in the de- or we right. would rather die as slaves in Egypt than die yep. here at the hands of the Canaanites mm-hmm. and that's why they have to stay in the desert for forty years so that entire generation can die away and the children who were not slaves can enter the Holy Land. But what about people who were raised in current today's society who have no religion at all? Do they do they no but I mean in other words it it does seem like religion is the greatest oppressor of man. But of course. Yeah, yeah, but what about the people who don't have religion? Do you think they feel equally oppressed? Well, they are oppressed, aren't they? I mean, aren't we all? They're under some kind of religious domination, whether they believe it or not. Even an atheist is under a dogma of sorts. Everyone, from the moment we're born, we're brainwashed. From the moment we're born, we're taught how to think. We're taught who we should love and who we should hate, how we should think, how we should act, what mm-hmm. we should buy. I mean, everywhere you can't get a, you can't go through the day without some sort of you know, programming being forced upon you. But it feels and, very you know, toxic, right? It feels very what? I'm sorry? Toxic. Very toxic. Oh, it, oh yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I don't like going to New York City. It's like, it's just overwhelming to me. But, you know, it, G- Jesus actually said, he said, you know, um, 
that you can be in this world, but not of it. And once you realize that you're not really of this world, that there's more for you, because if you're just, if you're, if you're of this world and that's all there is to it, then you're going to literally die. Well, well Jesus said, well, just, well, Jesus you said know? you should walk, uh, uh, Jesus through Paul said you should walk in this world as a stranger in a strange land. Yeah, and you are. Aren't we all kind of like sojourners and pilgrims, you know, kind of going through this? Uh, you all more more than most because your your eyes are a lot more open to the possibility of more. Um, and I'm sure. You J- Jacob, how did you come? How yeah. did you come to see that something big was going on beyond put your head down and just do your job? Well, you know, when I was young, I, I was I was blessed enough to be poor and to be sick on top of that and to, <laughs> to suffer abuse. So it's kind of like I had the trifecta going on. So mm-hmm. I, I was also kind of an, a, a lonely kid who, who just, you know, I just daydreamed a lot. And I just had this belief that I saw, I had this great purpose in the world from when I was young. I believed it. You know, I used to go to this Catholic, this, this little Catholic church called St. Rock's that was down the street from my house. And no one in my family was religious. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, my nanny, who, uh, where was this? Where was this? What? This was in a, a little, little place called Chickahominy. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Port Chester, New York, at all. I have, in fact, little... I'm writing. In fact, you know, it's so funny. I'm writing a book about, uh, uh, not about Port Chester, but about okay. somebody very famous who comes from Port Chester, Peter Falk. Oh, no kidding, Lumbo. I'm, really? I'm writing his biography. Oh, he was wow. born in Port Chester. Yeah. Is Port Chester where is it? In Westchester County. West, in Westchester, Westchester County, right on the border of the wealthiest. Which is this is what afforded me, um, you know, such an eye-opening experience. Is I lived right on the border, so I went to the wealthiest high school. I went to you know to Greenwich High School. Um, all my friends they were very very um, well. I wouldn't say friends, but I would say you know the people that um, you know I grew up around all had so much, and I had so little. You know, you know what that and, area? Um, and I applied for it. You know, uh, that, uh, that area was called, when I was growing up, I'm older than you are, when that area, uh, when I was growing up, that area was called the Golden Crescent, all the way from Westchester County right around Long Island Sound to Connecticut. Yeah, I, I, where I lived, they called it the armpit of, uh, <laughs> the armpit of Connecticut. It was like literally, Chickahominy was like, it was like right on the border of like the area, like not the best place. I mean, and crack was a big deal when I was growing up in the, in the you know, Armstrong Court. It was not the best. But we were also next to Arnold's Bakery, which was nice. So I used to wake up in the morning and walk. I know, I know. That's a wonderful, you know? wonderful smell of fresh yeah. bread. Well, we, took our, we, we took our, um, our, um, one of our children, he was ready to graduate from high school. We took him out to Shelter Island. Um, do you know where that is? Have you ever heard of that? I don't. I've heard of it, but I've never been. And I it's don't actually, it in a, yeah, it's at the end of Long Island. Um, okay. The island itself breaks into like two claws. And but let's get off that. Let's get back. Yeah. Let's let's talk so, about. You know this. what let's, I really wanted to. I want to do Mandela. Really to just get, yeah, no, and I want to get into that too because I was talking about it today with someone, um, and I've had a couple of people reach out to me. The um, Vice from I guess HBO. Just recently, oh, and, and someone someone who who uh, is pitching a show to Netflix and wanted me to be a part of it. Fabulous, fascinating. You, you know, yeah. it, well, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, yeah. I've been in TV long enough to know that a lot of offers come across your table. That's I'm not true. really too concerned over it. That's true. Um, yeah. But you know, the thing, the thing, the story with Jacob, which I think is is uh, this is what I really wanted to get across is that you know I put on the flesh of my older brother, if you will, you know, to get that blessing. 
you know, I, I, um, I've been, a, you know, I'm an actor as well. I went to school on scholarship practice. So I really do know how to, um, I don't want to say manipulate a situation, but I know how to be the person that the person needs me to be to get what I want. And in the past, because, you know, when you, when you grow up a certain way, um, and you're, you're not well liked and you're kind of, so I kind of reinvented myself and I, and, and so I thought, like, I always had this great faith, but I thought that I had to do it through my works and it was going to be me. I was going to one that was, gonna, you know, I was going to be the one that was going to get famous and I was going to be the one that was going to do that. And I always felt this great connection because here's this guy that came from nothing and I had just this one interesting, you know, like, I ran out of college, I did a movie and the, the lead of the movie was Alan King. You know, it, oh, it, what, it, what, what was the it, movie? What was know, the movie? It was called. It was actually called um, a family of orphans originally. Then it became called Block Mark. It was a no-name independent film, but it was it was a big deal because I was uh, a young kid just out of college. I went oh. to college on scholarship at a place called CCSU. And but see, the fact that I was doing that movie was how I got to the WWE because um, Shane McMahon. Um, we bumped into each other, and he knew that I was doing the film in town. And next thing you know, I'm the head writer of the show. And wow. then from there, it's, and then I said I was going to leave that and I was going to do my own show and I got another one. And then I said I was going to leave everything and go and do Christian TV. Because back then, you know, I had this crazy awakening, um, right before 9-11. And when 9-11 happened, this is when things really turned around for me. Well, and do I you realized think, that I really, wait, wait, let me just kind of insert this. Do you think that something sure. happened at 9-11? Um, I b- firmly believe we switched universes when that happened. That's you know, that's an interesting that's an interesting theory. That's an interesting. I mean, I theory. I just feel strongly. I feel it was my fault, but yeah. I feel like I wouldn't have been here to witness it had yeah. I done other things. Which kind of gives you the multiple universe theory. If you, it's almost like the Coen Brothers movies we were talking about earlier. Right. You do one wrong thing, and boom, you're kind of on a different timeline. Um, you're and on I a wanted different to right. Yeah. Path. But I wanted to throw into the argument the fact that we actually live behind the Berenstein lady, the woman who, into her 90s, was still drawing the, the books, the Berenstein Bears. Oh, oh, get out of here, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've never, I always want to go there, knock on the door. Yeah, I get, in fact, I could see your house from here. Exactly. And, and knock on the door and say, how do you spell the last name? Just really. Yeah, but what if, but what if, now, now I'm just saying what if, because I don't know if this is, you know, I say these things sometimes, and and um, and people think that I'm saying that this is what I know for sure. I don't know anything for sure. I like to just put out these great, fantastic ideas. Um, if it's Baron Stain, uh, and she's say that, like you said, that say that you're from a different <laughs> parallel dimension, and now you're inserted here. Who's mm-hmm. to say that it wasn't always Baron Stain? So how are you going to get that answer? I know. You know, so tell us, tell and, us and, where, tell us what this whole thing means, and tell us about CERN. I... Oh, good grief! Uh, it's, 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 uh, well, you know, this whole everything. We, we mentioned nine eleven, and this is going to all tie in. You know, the thing that I noticed about nine eleven, this kind of is what put me on this path, and it actually ties into the whole firstborn, secondborn that I was talking about, the, the killer and the shepherd, um, the first man and the last man. They're these twins because, you know, what the angel actually said, the word angel really means messenger, by the way. Um, and what the messenger or the man said was that there's two nations in your womb at war, and, you know, the elder shall serve the younger, because there are literally two natures within both of us. There's this, 
just like you could say there's the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, there's two of us, you know. There's this carnal nature, this, this sensual nature, and then there's the spiritual, this enlightened nature, I believe. And there's two of us. And, um, and the one that really is the older is the one that's formed first you know, from the dust of the earth. But in the end, it's the, it's the younger nature, the one that we come to know a little bit later in life, um, that the two become almost like, like Jacob and Esau. They come together to bury their father, to bury that dead image, to bury the thing that brought them into this world to begin with. Um, I, know, but, I don't even know if that, what that makes yeah, any but, sense yeah, at all. What happens to but, Esau after they make their peace? Well, they, the two become one. You know, and isn't that the idea, is that the two become one? So in other words, you know, a lot of people have this belief that after you die, you lose your, you lose your kind of your identity, right? Um, and, and that's an interesting concept, because if we're spirit, you know, this, what our attachments to this world would go with us. But I'm almost of the belief that the idea is that we maintain it and we move on, and that the two can become one, so that this, you know, this, this ego man, this ego creation, which really doesn't exist, because it's just kind of um, it's just a program. You know, it's really, we've been programmed, and, and we've believed the program to be who we are. But the problem is we're more connected to the programmer than we are um, the program. In other words, we're more connected to the source than we are this temporal being that we think we are. But the two, I believe, when the fight is over and the wrestling is over, I think the two become one. I think that we become one. We become... As, as they say, you are gods, and you shall die like men, and falls one of the princes. But, you know, the idea is that you are gods. You're more than you know. You're Elohim. And, and, and I think that that's my life I've been seeking for more, you know. But there's this whole thing in religion that's just, it, it makes things very spooky. And people, you know, end up strapping bombs to their chest because they take so many things literally and and... Yeah, but it's not uh, the it's I, not the it's not the people who are strapping bombs. It's the people teaching them who are right, right, should be right, brought to reckoning. Right, because right, what right. you know, what is the reason for teaching people that? Um, well, it's what control. Level it's power. power, and right, and, and in yeah. fact, well, in you fact, know, when I when I worked for this when I worked for this um, network, I'm not going to tell you which one it was. I mean, they weren't, in my opinion. They weren't there for truth and for love and for peace, and they were. It was a business. It was a big, of course it is. But um, I mean, how, how, long, how long ago did you I know, work but there? I mean, no, when you look at it, I, I was it, there for about. Uh, wait, wait, how long? There for about one at a time, years. guys. One at a time, guys. Go, go yeah, ahead. Just like uh, just like Jacob, I worked for Laban for seven years, and I got tricked into working a little more. Wow. Okay. And was working for the sheep here. Yeah, but did you? Yeah, but did you walk away with two wives? I, I actually, I'm on my second. Yeah, my my my, my first wife actually, uh, my first wife uh, left me, and I ended up being a single dad raising two kids of my own. Which you know, um, I was young, you know, and and it was a great experience. I mean, I was a full time daddy of two, and uh, I'd given my first wife everything, and I said within a year's time she'll end up, you know, bankrupt, and I'll end up with a house, and everything will work out. Because I always had faith things would work out, and and I moved to Long Island to so that the kids would be closer to their mom, and their mom would be able to see them more. Um, and and that's when I met uh, my Danielle and my angel, the one that I was always meant to. Uh, like I knew her when I met her. I said we're going to end up married, mm-hmm. and we were we were within you know within seven months of being together, and now we're you know we're ten, ten years together, you know, and uh, we just celebrated. Mazel. 
Yeah, and I love her more than anything, and she's she is my everything. That is how it happens, folks who who don't yet have a a thing. But was the religious um, stuff that you the working for the network and stuff? Were there any true believers in the group that ran everything? Well, yeah. See, the thing is, is that when when you're that status you start to think of yourself almost like a little God yourself and you have people that are serving you and you don't think that people are equal to you. And, um, and that was really what was troubling me. Like, so when I was there, I just, you know, it was an eye opening experience. I realized now, like I had said to them once I wanted to, and I also did what, um, you could say like what Martin Luther did. I, I wrote a very, very long document on the many, many things that they were doing that was really just not godly. And um, and I met with them. And I sat down with them, and they were they were decent people. But money and power corrupts people. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and and it just and I was really just so saddened by the whole thing because it didn't take me very long to realize that religion just wasn't the answer. You know, and um, and I because I I could not find love and acceptance and 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 unity. That's ironic, I isn't it? Find it. That's yeah. ironic and, since um, that's what they preach, basically. It, it, right, it, but it's not. And the sad, so what I did was I started taking things like, you know, the very first place I spoke, um, was at a, um, there was, it was a mega pastor and I, I, at the time he wasn't out, he wasn't, um, but he ended up coming out much later and I told him in earlier conversation before he did so, I said, you're probably going to be a voice to this thing. I mean, you can be a big, because there's so many children that are, you know, that uh, end up killing themselves because they're told they're going to burn in hell. And people actually believe there is a literal place called hell, which, you know, in, in, in the uh, Hebrew faith, there is no such thing as a place of infinite torture. And uh, put the scriptures together. You ever just, been to Miami, Florida? Right, right. But people can make this life, people can make this current life we live in a place of infinite torture for themselves. It's it almost exactly what I just, yeah, exactly what I was just saying is that this is, this is the hell and it can, it can also be the heaven and sadly collectively it seems more are, are trying to make things worse than they can be but 9-11 is interesting because Twin Towers came down and around 3,000 people were swallowed by the earth and died, they were murdered that day sacrificed that day right across from a big gigantic golden bull on Wall Street you know, mm-hmm. which is interesting because twin tablets of stone were thrown down to the ground uh, Moses mm-hmm. demanded that around 3,000 you know, be sacrificed because the idea, the idea that nine one one was oh, a ritual, it's crazy. Well, yeah, the, the idea uh, that the idea that nine one one was actually a ritual, as opposed to an inside job or whatever, um, makes a, an awful lot of sense. It was so over the top that I always right. and, and just it was, watching it, it, it just it felt like it was orchestrated. That this was something we're going to see because we're going to we're going to get punished. You know, for I something. love you too. <laughs> no, Sorry. I really don't. Listen, you're you're the first person that's actually. So I don't like to come out and say that it was a ritual because you know I'll say, look, it's it's quite obvious that it was that there was. I mean, right now we know Saudi Arabia was involved, and so I mean, it is an inside job. We know it's an inside job. You know, I mean, <laughs> but we can't do anything about it. What can we do? Well, we so also know. Here's what we also know: that the very people who perpetrated that event, that attack, were in Florida, uh, in Hollywood, Florida, for months before the attack. They were in there in June. Mm-hmm. And 
we now know, and I mean we know, this is not conjecture, this is K-N-O-W, because we have the records, that at least two of the hijackers made an appearance. I think it's at St. Peter's Hospital. Uh, it was, it, it's in Hollywood, Florida, in the emergency room. And these were the, and one of them had this deep, bad lesion on his leg. And his complaint was that he bumped into a satchel of the, um, a, a suitcase. But it wasn't a bruise. Right. The doctor who treated him, uh, his name was Peter Tsongas, I believe, his doctor who treated him uh, later researched and said that it was an anthrax burn. Now, weaponized wow. anthrax in a suitcase, this same exact person was the person who went to a flight school because he wanted to, and, and right. then applied to the yeah. Small Business Administration, the federal SBA, for a loan of $650,000 to start a crop dusting business. Now, do the math. He's got weaponized anthrax in a suitcase. He's applying to the Small Business Administration for a loan to be a crop duster, and he's got weaponized anthrax. And that entire, this entire um, data set of information was deep-sixed by the FBI, because I know the yeah, of agent. I know the agent. She was on the Ted Bundy no task force back in the 70s. Wow. I know the agent who basically tried to, she was like urging, this is urgent, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's somebody who was in the United States on an expired visa, because their visas were expired, on an expired visa, who turned up at a hospital emergency room with an anthrax burn who's mm. looking for a loan to be a crop duster. Will somebody do something about this guy? Nobody did anything. <laughs> nah, I know. Oh, it's it's um it's quite disturbing. Quite disturbing. It's interesting that they were in Hollywood. You know that um, wands were made out of um, Hollywood. <laughs> yes, but Hollywood. Yes, but Hollywood, Florida. If you, I did a lot of work with the DEA back in the day. Hollywood, right. Florida, was one of the main sources for drug trafficking. Um, in in um, in, the, you know, in the south, it was. It, I mean, I don't know if it still is, but I know um, uh, 25, 30 years ago, it certainly was. You know, today, today, I um, it's 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 funny because the fact that uh, this is your wife would say that this was an you know not just an inside job but also a ritual. I just I, you know I thought that and. And I think that a lot of the stuff that we see playing out again and again and again on TV is the same thing, not just predictive programming, but also, you know, a ritual of sorts. Um, there's a reason why it's called One World Trade Center, you know, that we have a, a bottomless pit as the, uh, as the memorial. Um, but the days that are ahead, are, I think, are going to be uh, very interesting. And this Mandela thing, listen, I've gotten a lot of flack over this, but... There are certain things that I know, like you say, with a K-N-O-W, that were different. And they, they, they aren't, you know, the same. Like the Coke logo. Uh, I, I talk about the Coke logo a lot because billions of dollars are spent in advertising. You know, that logo is ingrained in so many people's minds, and I have yet to come across a person 
who doesn't remember it, you know, the red and white logo, you know, Coca with a slash in the middle, Cola. It doesn't have that anymore. It hasn't had that since uh, 1900, you know, because it's always had this little, like, it's almost like a little dot in between it up top now, off to the left. And so when I walked in and I saw this machine, this Coca-Cola machine, I said, wait, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Why does it look different to me? And I immediately researched. I said, they must have changed their logo. I said, wow, that's, why would they do that? And I look it up, and I'm like, wait a minute, i got to take it. They never changed their logo. You know? And then it was kind of like the dominoes started to fall. And it was like the next thing was, you know, the Volkswagen logo. And I looked at it, and I don't ever remember there being a break between the V and the W. It was always, I loved Volkswagen Bugs when I was growing up, you know, and it was always like kind of a, a fluid symbol. And now wait, it's not. Wait, but it, and, it, and you researched this that because don't they sometimes change their oh, We can't hear Nancy. We can't hear Nancy. We can't hear you. Sorry, I muted. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm back. Just um, but you okay. have in fact um looked at the various logos and you've yeah. See, it's it's a mystery. It, no, well, I mean it's there's something you know, and I got to tell you today I was thinking I was talking to somebody about this. Elon Musk said something that has kind of gotten a lot of play. Um, because I'm a big fan of Tesla, you know. I've always been, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm Long Island, you know. It's like I'm right, I'm right near the. Uh, there's another collider out here. A lot of people don't know about Rick. Um, it's it's almost as powerful, and it's getting an upgrade, and wow. that's kind of spooky because it's like right near where I live. It's a, is it, is you know, the collider the, at Brookhaven? Brookhaven, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Brookhaven uh, Labs. Wow. Yeah, it's it's the second most. I mean, it's basically the the biggest, the second biggest. It's it, it doesn't get as much right now as um, you know as much press as CERN because CERN has such a connection to you know just just uh, a whole other bunch of mysterious the, nonsense. The, the scientist, you know? the scientist at Brookhaven who run that collider when we were doing a television show there, a television episode for UFO hunters, uh, UFO hunters there, that. Mm-hmm. Um, that head scientist told us flat out that they were not doing the same kinds of experiments that were going on at right. CERN. One, because the collider didn't have the power, it didn't have the, uh, the breadth, the length right. of CERN. But the other thing was, it was a different kind of experiment, and he made it very clear of that because Brookhaven <clears throat> was in a very heavily populated area. Right. That... Right. There were things they really couldn't do. But Brookhaven, you know who runs Brookhaven? No. You know who really is in control of Brookhaven? No. SUNY Binghamton. Uh, not SUNY Binghamton, SUNY Stony Brook. That's where Oh, the, oh yes, yes. That's yes, where the management yes. of Brookhaven is from. It's from SUNY right, Stony right. Brook. I'm right. from Island. It's Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, well, right, right on. I, you know, I, I can tell you, I, when I'm, I'm listening to you talk, it's, you see, you sound so familiar. It's like, you know, I, you must be a Long Islander. I don't sound like a Long Islander. I've lived here many years. I still sound no, like No, you I'm, don't. You know, I'm not, <laughs> you know it's, my kids do and my wife does. <laughs> but, uh, so this Mandela thing is just interesting. So when Elon Musk said, he, he, somebody had asked him about whether or not this is a simulation, you know, and... And he said something that I thought was just really fascinating. He said, you know, 40 years ago, we were playing Pong. And, you know, now 40 years later, you know, there's this photorealistic 
you know, people, millions of people are playing simultaneously and photorealistic landscapes. You know, it's, it's almost, um, the same as, I mean, you watch some movies right now and they're all computer animation. You can't tell the difference between the animation and, and reality. And he said, so at that rate of increase, if you imagine things are going to only improve in 40, who's to say that we won't be able to somehow, it won't be indecipherable. And, and, and what really got me thinking about that was I, I'd, I'd read an article somewhere about um, pixels and how, you know, uh, when, when you kind of look at something digitally, you keep going closer and closer and closer, almost down to nothing. Where, and, and that what we experience centrally, you know, when we're, we're looking at something, um, we see it the very same way, and, and it actually reduces to pixels as well. And then when you get down to, like, the subatomic level, you get down to quarks, then you get down to there's nothing there. You know, and that's fascinating to me, that, like, at the core of us, there's nothing. So if there's nothing to like, do we even really exist? That because that's the question, you know. Um, and I guess the answer is maybe not. Maybe this could be a simulation. And if it is a simulation, I'm I'm putting this out as a hypothetical. Obviously, I don't you know believe this. Uh, I just think that that would explain Mandela like that. The simple mm-hmm. program switch, you know, right. little changes. And then there's a whole other theory that this is very similar to the movie Dark City, uh, which is a really kind of a cool thing where you have brilliant movie brilliant, brilliant movie. right way brilliant ahead of movie. time and, and who's to say that that's not going on who's to say that that's not going on too that this is not just an experiment but then on the flip side of the coin i have this like the sneaking suspicion that either a we're all remembering everything completely wrong and i don't know how that's possible because i did this oh we had oscar meyer um bacon uh, for breakfast the other day and, and i had the container and i I, I put it in front of my wife. I said, honey, what's wrong with this? She goes, why doesn't it look right? I said, because it's Oscar Meyer, right? She goes, yeah. I go, how do you spell it? She goes, oh, they spelled it wrong. I go, no, honey, they didn't. It's always been Oscar Mayer. We just thought that it was Oscar. And my baloney had a second name, M-E-Y-E-R. That's what we thought. Maybe we remembered it wrong, right? Maybe we did. Or maybe, you know, there are these. So my wife said something that I thought was really interesting. She goes, well, what if, you know, this has something to do with CERN or the quantum computer D-wave or, or you know, because who knows? But, but maybe that this is kind of like a little run, like they're doing a little test run. One know? way to and check doing- it out, I'll give, you, I'll give you a way to check it out. This is a really simple verification test. Mm-hmm. Go to the United States Patent and Trademark Office, the USPTO.gov, and... Um, look for, it's called a trademark search. T-E-A-S is the search engine. All you okay. have to do is search on all the brands, because they're all trademarked, is search on all the brands you wanted to check, and the actual trademark, the, the graphic, the specimen graphic will show up, and you will see immediately what the original registered trademark is for everything you're talking about. Yeah, but Bill, if there was a change well, because of the CERN, there was, it would change yeah, everything, even if that. If there was a change, if there was yeah, a change, in you would have film, to see the change in, in, in Jacob's the database. Film, there is a picture no, Bill, of... Wait, wait, no, Bill, wait, wait. hold on, hold on. Bill, you don't get it. If there was a change because of CERN, it would change everything, everything. even the trademark. Historically. 
Yeah, but, 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 but Jacob, in your film about this, you show right. M E Y E R in a logo as well as M A Y E R. You oh, show no, no, both. that was that was yeah, but that was photoshopped. Oh, that was photoshopped. That was photoshopped. Oh, sorry, so you could see it. You could see it the oh. way it was. Okay, so, so tell us about when, tell us about Forrest Gump chocolates. Okay, yeah, well, and this is what this is you know this was what um, Danielle was saying was you know because all of these things that they're talking about they're like these these iconic phrases you know David Letterman at the Oscars was giving a speech um, I put a clip of this in one of the videos where he was he actually says you know these famous lines like you know uh, if you watch it. He says one after the other after the other. And one of the ones that he references is life is like a box of chocolates. Where did that come from? This this is the Oscars. Yeah, but I mean, where did that line originally come from? Well, it was supposed to come from Forrest Gump. Where did it come from before Forrest Gump? Well, but but historically speaking, (laughs) in the movie (laughs) Forrest Gump, okay, in the movie, if you watch the movie originally, like I watched it, I remember it being life is like a box of chocolates. But now, like if I had a VHS copy and I played it, it would be changed. It would say life was like a box of chocolates. Yeah, okay? Just like I um, love the book interview with a vampire, with a vampire. Um, I remember very clearly the cover of the book interview with, and there was a big red letter A in blood, interview with a vampire. But it's now interview with the vampire, you know? Or maybe it was always that way, and I just remembered it wrong. You know, maybe I remember the Coca-Cola logo wrong. Maybe I remember the Volkswagen logo wrong. Maybe if you build it, he will come is the right line, not if you build it, they will come. What maybe about Darth, Rogers, the Darth Vader line? Right. Luke, right. I am your father. Right. right. Instead of Luke, I am your father. See, here's that's the thing, is that they're all these pop culture famous lines. Luke, I'm your father. Life is like a box of chocolates. If you build it, they will come. We're going to need a bigger boat. All of these famous lines, we're remembering them wrong. How is that possible? And there's slight changes. Like right now, if you go to YouTube and you ask for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the theme song, mm. it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, right? What should be right. mine? What should be me? Right? But it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Right. But no, Rogers doesn't say that anymore. He says, if you, it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. No, no, no. <laughs> Which no, makes no, no. no sense. I, I, <laughs> my kids grew up with that, and I hated it. So I every day. Right, but see, here's the thing. is that The point is, I mean, like I was explaining this to someone today. Um, the point is, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, meaning that the neighborhood is everyone, the world everyone's neighborhood. It's a beautiful day everywhere you are. If, if this, if this if Rogers was saying it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, it would mean who gives a crap? What's well, then you're, then you're the poor kid yeah. again, looking at yeah, the, but the looking name of the show is Mr. Rogers. Is Mr. Rogers neighborhood. We'll have to. Well, right. So what does it say in this universe? See, I do think we, I, I personally think when 911 well, happened, it, we skipped. Well, as I said, as I said, it says it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it, it, it sex in the city is now sex and the city. You know, these are and, and, and people will say, look, you're losing your mind. But, you know, I could have remembered it wrong. But this is what I did at the table with my wife. Right. 
I showed her a bunch of them. Because I did this video. She's like, oh, she wasn't paying attention. She doesn't pay attention to some of the things I share. A lot of the stuff that I talk about is way just not, it's not in her wheelhouse. She doesn't really care about esoteric doctrine or, you know, or Gnosticism or scripture. She doesn't, you know, that's not her thing, you know. And I love her for that because she keeps me grounded, you know. And um, so, so I said, I did the video. She goes, oh, that's what you were saying. And she, she too, had a problem. She's like, well, they probably changed the logo. I said, no, honey, let me show you. And so what I started doing was I started showing her logo after logo after logo. And then what I did was I said, and the BMW logo, I can't believe it. It's, I mean, the BMW logo, everybody was, and it's totally different. And I showed it to her. And she goes, what are you talking about? hasn't changed. So my question is, why is it, because I knew that it hadn't changed, right? But you can't say that we're just remembering things wrong when it's only certain things, you know, the Ford logo. The Ford logo has a little squirrely thing on the um, little curly Q on the F. Didn't have it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the Volkswagen never had a break-in in it. You know, I always thought it was the Gort, the, the, uh, the, the, it's the Gorton's Fisherman, right? Now it's Gordon Fisherman. You know, I mean, but some things we could have remembered wrong, and that's, that's the thing that's tricky about this. And well, do you so think that get- there's something going on in terms of there really is a programming of people and you're maybe noticing glitches? Well, yeah. I mean, and that, I got to tell you, that's like I almost wanted to do a video on, you know, are we in a simulation? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I almost wanted to do a video on that because, you know, a movie that, that really was impactful to me, and it, it, it was to a lot of people, was the movie The Matrix, and it was in 99. Of course, of course. And, and, that was, and that was literally like I was just starting to kind of wake up and realize, oh, my goodness, maybe there isn't a, a, a literal devil like a horned beast. Maybe there isn't a literal hell. And, and, and maybe these things that I've been taught really are, and that's when I started to seek. And when you seek your, your eyes, you know, there's this great passage in the Gospel of Thomas. You know, if you seek, you'll find, and then when you find, you'll be, I think it goes, you know, if you find, you'll be disturbed, and, you know, it's, it, it, it kind of, it's, it's exactly my experience, is, is the more I began to look for things, the more I was kind of disturbed by what I was finding, but also liberated in it, you know. It's, it's like we're in, we are in a matrix of sorts. We are in a program of sorts. Yes but, we know who cre- yes, but we know who created it. Yeah. The program where it, well, I mean, we can disagree on who created it, but the program we're right. in was actually, I, I mean, I can, I can take you back to the 1920s when um, radio first became commercialized. And immediately, radio was taken over by the advertising agencies. The big one, by the way, the big one was Benton and Bowles. And they created, they were the sponsor for Procter & Gamble. Uh, they were the ad agency for Procter & Gamble. The whole entertainment industry, as early as the late 1920s, when radio began to promulgate, was mm-hmm. created by the advertising agencies working with their corporate clients. And they were all retail clients, Procter & Gamble, General Mills, Betty Crocker. Uh, what right. they were doing was they were creating the entertainment programming that had only one function. That's why they call them soap operas. And that was right. to enhance the product they were selling. There was no distinction between the entertainment 
and the product and all of television, all of television came out of that. Right. That was the matrix. True. And in fact, well, our, you know, political, the first, the our political TV. heroes, our political heroes were created out of that matrix. Ronald Reagan was a product of Benton and Bowles. They brought him to Hollywood in the, in, in the 1930s, <clears throat> where his brother actually did, because he was the guy who was going to put down the communist labor unions. There's a lot of communism in Hollywood in the 1930s. Well, here's, here, here's the thing, too, is that even the first TV had Saturn on it, you know? It's it's all about it's all about this you know how how did it have how did it have Saturn on it? There's this great and go back to the movie The Matrix too, which is cool because they had like one of the original TVs. Um, Saturn is um, it's worshipped by many many. Yeah, but where was where was Saturn Uh, on the early TVs? On the back of the TV. Well, let get to them. Get to it. Yeah, yeah, and and not just that too, but. Um, I, I, I kind of hinted at something earlier when you mentioned Hollywood, Florida, and I said, you know, a lot of um, sorcerer's wands and, you know, uh, were made of holly, uh, the wood, and uh, because, because, you know, it's for divination and casting spells, you know, and um, we become spellbound. I mean, the TV and, and uh, you know, it is just an amazing form of mind control and... And now the internet is as well. And once again, as you said, like with radio, we're all becoming, we're all bought and sold. We're slaves. You know, we come into this world with a number, you know, with a number. We're numbered, you know, we're, we're, we're just cogs in a, in a big, you know, machine that being bought and sold every single day of the week. And, um, we, we can't, um, we can't ignore the fact that there, uh, is this, feeling inside of us that there's more you know so hollywood i just find it interesting you know they used to worship stars you know and so do we you think about that for a second you know i mean it's all about casting a spell it's all and we've all been brainwashed and 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 that's why people are so concerned with themselves and so concerned with the way they look and 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 we really don't care about other people i had a, a comment from someone just sent me something said, how's there going to be world peace when people can't even get along with their family? Because no one, no one loves anymore. Or how do we uh, break, and, how and, do we break the spell? Ah, because original human beings had to rely on their families to stay alive. I mean, human beings are really bipedal, bipedal, sentient hominids who have to run in packs because they can't function alone. That's what human beings yeah. are. Or animals. And so the first human beings, what we did as we came together was we had to form social hierarchical relationships in order to stay alive. That's the, that's really the whole point of the first five books of the Bible. It is that history of the human race. Whether you say it's divinely inspired or not doesn't make any difference. Well, it makes a difference to some people. But basically, it is the history, if you look at it, it is the actual history of the human race up to the point at which the first official monotheistic civilization was established. Okay. I mean, mean, you were an incredibly bright man. Well, no, but I mean, I know, but if you look at it, it it, it is the... I mean, when you read those five books, what you're reading is the formation of human society. 
We started out as hunter-gatherers. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Let me just ask you a question, okay? Now, this is a a very, very deep question. Can you prove that I exist? Um, Here's what... uh, I'm going to give you the answer. What uh, Rene Descartes would say is, if I doubt that you exist... The very act of doubting that I doubt proves that because I'm doubting, I exist. That's the whole point of, you know, I doubt, therefore I am. It was originally but I he, doubt. He means I, I exist. That wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. No, he means I Jacob know, Israel. No, you can prove that you exist. I know for a fact I exist. But I can prove yeah. it, Jacob. I can prove it. Because How? if any. I'll tell you, anybody who listens to this radio in, in, you know, in perpetuity will hear my voice and your voice. We, I'm not talking to myself. Well, how do you know? Um, because... But what I'm saying is, how do you really know? You ever have a dream? Do you ever dream? I think because there's a lot of people participating right at the moment. Like, for example. um, And in a dream, in a dream. No, but think about this, though. In a a dream, a lot of people participate as well. Okay, but in dreams, you can't can't do numbers. What do you mean you can't do numbers? Most Most people believe that in dreams, the way you can jar yourself into trying to figure out if it's a lucid dream or not, is mm-hmm. look at your watch, and the numbers usually are not in sequence, or they're moving around. or something. You don't do numbers well. You don't actually do computation in your dreams. But here's, here's my point. Here's my point. Is, um, and, and obviously, I believe I exist, and I believe you exist, but you can't prove it, right? Because you don't really well, What do you know. mean by proof? Um, what, yeah, uh, what constitutes proof? What I'm saying is, is, is that all you know for sure, there's only one thing you know for sure, right? Um, forget the history books, forget everything, you know, forget everything you look at, forget everything you see, because if it is a simulation, it, what is it? It's just all of the information that we're getting right now is just it's information, and we're just processing information. They've proven that, um, that we actually are like a 3D projection of something that is very linear. It's just we're, we are all right now a stream of information. That's it. Like the universe is like a sheet of paper, ever-expanding. It's it's not like a big, huge, vast thing. It's just like it's a very it's a and paper. what is and what is I information? So what is information, right? Data. What is data? Okay, data. Okay. Yeah, what well, about what I'd about like pain, to, guys? What about now, pain? Now this is this is this is Hold getting on, somewhere. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Let him get there. Okay? Let him get there. Come on. Guys. Um, but you said you said what is data? What is you know? You said okay. What, thoughts. Right? Thoughts. I, I think thoughts are spirit, and I think that spirit is truth, and I think that all that really exists is spirit, and that everything that we're looking at, whether it is a creation of us collectively together, let us make man in our image, that, you know, or whether it is a creation of a being that we're connected to, or whether it is, I'm the only thing that exists, and this is an extension of me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there there are many ways of looking at it, but there's nothing that we know for sure except for the fact that we exist. That's it, and I think that's interesting. So you see, this ties into the question: How do you break the cycle? How do you break the cycle of of um, you know being brainwashed? I mean, there there are, there are people that literally 
um, get up every morning and uh, strap on a you know a machete and we'll go and kidnap children and murder people because that's what they've been conditioned and brainwashed to believe that they should do. They have no other, um, they have nothing to snap them out of it because they were brainwashed and conditioned to do that. How do they, how do they get snapped out of it? By realizing that who they are is more than what they believe themselves to be. We're all focused on who we think we are as opposed to who we can be. You know that um, God's name, when he spoke to uh, Moses, he said, you tell them, you know, I am that I am. But when you actually translate that, I think it's really cool because it literally translates into I will be whatever I will be. Right. I am like, what I, yeah, I, I will be what I will be is, is the literal translation. I think that's awesome. Awesome. Because it's like the name of God is creation itself. I'll be whatever I will be. Hmm. You know? So, so how do we break it? By realizing that. That that infinite power is in all of us. That we are uniquely linked to each other. That what we do to others, we do to ourselves. But that you we're know... Part of God. Right, but you know in talking about God's name, that the name itself... In, in the original Aramaic, is so incredibly long that it's only uttered on one day of the year. It's only allowed yes. to be uttered yes. on one day, and only in one moment of that one day. And how long is it? And, and it's been forgotten, by the way. No it's an unpronounceable name, but the ancient, <laughs> the ancient, but the ancient Israelites but that is the story, yeah. would only utter that name when the high priest walked out of the um, Ark of the Covenant, um, holiest of holies, the holiest yeah. of holies, um, uh, the Mishkan, and basically for that year, all of Israel was forgiven for the vows that it broke. And, and which God. is a great allegory, which is once again, because now we're the temple, right? We're the temple of God. If you point to your temples, what's between them? Your brain. And what are you processing? Data. <laughs> Words, thoughts. Yes, know. but Jesus called call himself. Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life. Where was the truth put to death? He was put to death at a place called Golgotha, which is the place of the skull. The truth was put to death at the place of the skull, which is our mind. He took upon himself the sins of the world because that's us. We came into the world and we took upon ourselves the sins of the world, the lies of the world. We've been brainwashed and programmed since birth, and we died. To who we really are and we died here's interesting because jesus died so that we could live so in other words the truth of who we are died so that the idea of who we are could live how's that but, put that in your coffee and stir. That's well cool. i will but the point is <laughs> there is cool. still a, <laughs> but there is still at on a foundational level a basic fundamental objective measurement of information. You know what it is? Tell me. An electron. Because we now know that information in our neural systems is really a flow of electrons from one part of our brain or from our eyes or from our ears or from the sensors in our skin to 
the various parts of the brain that process it, but they are electrons, which means that at a at some point, and I would say within the next few years, we will have a way to alter the flow of those electrons. We have through drugs. I mean, that's what drugs do. I mean, um, for example, well, don't um, don't doesn't everybody who takes a serious drug trip come back and say this reality is not the only uh, reality. Right, that's right, absolutely right. True. And I read that I, I go to Arrowwood, I believe it's called, and I just read people's drug trips because one of Bill's earliest critics was a guy that I needed to track down on the internet. And this is ninety seven. <laughs> I needed to find out who he was. He was hating on Bill so badly and I found out he ended up writing for Arrowwood and ta- and writing about really bad trips. He would take uh, and the, and his name was something like Brother Blue something and I and people oh, in the old days oh I remember him this guy I do and he remember just him. took such a hatred of Bill because um, we burst onto the publishing scene in a big way with Day After Roswell and I mean we it's a family affair because right. PR or just being part of public but but that's the thing Bill and I have been in a position to be pretty high up in the entertainment complex mm-hmm. and I am just as fascinated as ever now that the internet's here people have put together podcasts like your like yours and there are lots of podcasts that will go into the, all the movies and start to like um disintegrate them uh, deconstruct them and reconstruct them right right and have I love you it. seen that sort of stuff yeah absolutely i think it's it's fascinating i mean I, it's it's actually unbelievably fascinating to me that there is so much information that is available to people. And there's another thing that I think, um, so what you were just saying earlier about uh, the processing of data and how we can actually, um, we'll be able to soon manipulate it. I think it's already happening. I think we're already being manipulated. I think, and, and, and perhaps if that's the case, who's to say that that's not another reason for Mandela, you know, who knows? Who knows? I just know that man, life is just a, just this beautiful mystery, and I, for one, I want to I want to make a footprint that actually lasts. You know, I don't want I don't want to leave a footprint in the sand. Well, when did you start? When did you decide that you were going to actually start helping people, and in fact, not ask for money in return? But that's an amazing. Well, I mean, I, I've been doing. You know, do. I've been doing that for. You know, I've been doing that for um, for a long, long time, um, and you know, I mean, because I, you know, I always had a career. I always, you know, I, I did. No, I, I spoke at um, uh, this place in Atlanta called Metron, and you know, he said, "Bring, you know, bring a bunch of books." And I said, "Look, yeah, I'm, I'm excited just to come out. I don't want to. Uh, I don't really want to come out and sell anything." You know, <laughs> what you is know, Met? What um, is like, Metron? Like, well, no, it's, it's just it's a uh, uh, Jim Swilly. He has a uh, he is he's he, he was uh, a man that I was talking about earlier. He's just someone that I've I've um, uh, I've grown to be fond of, and uh, he invited me to come and speak to it. It's kind of like an event. He has um, I don't know hundreds of people that go. I can't really call it a church because it's not really a church anymore. It's just a weekly event, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and he usually leads it and. Uh, he's very much into uh, quantum um, theory as well, and uh, and the power of belief. And um, I mean, we're not th- that that close, but he did invite me to go out and speak. And um, and I, so I've never, I always feel uncomfortable about asking, you know, people for money. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so do so I. Like, um, really do you think we're, it, we're nearing the Tower of Babel level with the internet? <laughs> 
Well, you know, the interesting thing with um, that is, you know, the word power, um, a lot of people think they think of a literal power, and the word actually means elevated stage pulpit. Or, or um, you know, it's it's man created religion. That's what the Tower of Babel is, and that's where in the languages that were confused is now. You know, a Catholic can't speak to a, uh, a Buddhist, a Buddhist can't speak to a Muslim, a Muslim right. can't speak to a Jehovah's Witness. You know, the, it's a the really big sin. So, it used to be a, a, a more right. Yeah. So so, but and and Babel is you know Babylon is the, in mystery Babylon, right? The uh, it's confusion with mixing and and. Um, and and yeah, I think that we're I think we're in it. I think we are. You know, I think this is it's just such a mess, and everything is so confusing. And and um, well, uh, we're I, I having it. We're having a very uh, contentious election that we're all thrust right. into. What do you make of it yes. from your from your perspective? Yeah, from, yes. When when Trump first when Trump first threw his hat into the race. It was a long time ago. I, I put a Facebook post out. This is before anybody thought he would even be a contender. I said, the way things are going, it's going to boil down to two people. It's going to be Trump and, uh, and Hillary. And I said, and that will tell you the moral compass of, um, you know, of our, I don't want to say our country, but I said our country, but I don't mean our country. I mean, that is the moral compass because our leaders reflect the, the, um, the overall morality of a people, you know, and, and every year it has got, like, I remember when the office of the president was, was a big deal. You know, I remember, you know, even I remember being so disappointed in Bill Clinton for the whole month, because at least there was the illusion of, uh, of morality and, um, and honesty. There was the illusion of it. You know, we all know JFK was, was a great man, but he was a philanderer, you know, and, but we um, didn't know we didn't it, know about the philandering in his lifetime at all. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Like there was the illusion that you know it was least. But now it's like what do they say? Yeah, he's you know he's a bigot, and yeah, she's this. But at least they're honest about it. And I just it just it blows my mind that I, because I don't really know many people. Look, I know a lot of people that are you know diehard Trump supporters and. I don't know many that are diehard artillery supporters, but I know they're out there. And, yeah, that um, would be that would be me for sure. One hundred percent, and that's and that's and that's totally fine. You know, so I, what should I we do as a, a nation? What should we do you know, as a I, nation? How do we steer gosh, through this? What, here's the question: What do? can we do? What can, can we do, do anything? Well, for Trump. Trump. There Over is a there's no. a third party. There's Gary Johnson, for example. He's up to ten percent in the polls. He only needs to get to fifteen percent, and people did it with Bernie, and that gets yeah. And who is he? Voice. His name. Well, the cool thing is, you see, what I mean? that's my point. He well, was no, the but, governor of New Mexico. Yeah, but yeah. but that could be better yeah. for us. That's one thing we could do. But yeah, but what else can At we least do? He smokes pot. Yeah. But here's the thing: Do you also think that our leaders are the ones that are actually dictating policy? They're human beings, just like us. There's no difference. Yeah. They're not. They're not endowed by special by special biological powers. They're uh, they're not endowed by certain divine powers. But they are. But they are controlled by. Um, of course, a much they are. They're, contro- right. they're controlled. They're controlled by the same powers that control the formation of radio, that control the formation right. of television. There you go. Formation of the internet. Mm-hmm. I so mean, then that's really what it becomes, is. So, so here's my question: 
if we know this, how can we support either candidate when neither of them ah, are really out for the people? I'll tell you why. Because if you go back to this whole principle of the formation of society in, in, in the first five books of the Bible, if you go back there, you are seeing the stories. This is the whole point of it. You are seeing the stories of flawed, and even Moses was flawed. Because when Moses strikes the rock in anger, it is that anger, it is that anger represents the loss of faith that water can come out of the rock, which is why God is so angry at Moses that he says, you're not going to enter the Holy Land. If after all this, if after all the plagues and the this and Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. and going across the desert and the manna and and fighting and, and everything else, if after all that, you still can't figure out that if I say that you're going to strike the rock and water is going to come out, water is going to come out. And if you are fighting that, then somehow, even though you stood up for these people at the golden calf, you will not enter the Holy Land. And Moses has to recognize that all he is at most is a human being, maybe the greatest prophet in history, but still a human uh, being. Can I tell you what that, that rock is? Sure. Because uh, the, the, the scriptures tell us what the rock is. It wasn't a literal rock. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote that the rock was actually, and he used the word Christ. It's this, it's this enlightenment of truth. Now, if you think about that, right? Because what is the, the, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Now, I'm not talking about Jesus, um, which is going to get a lot of people upset because they're going to say there's only Christ is only Jesus, and and that I mean, according to Scripture that's not true. That's not the way it's presented because we're all supposed to be Christ. We're the body of Christ. We're taking on the mind of Christ. We become Christ. That's that's the whole thing. So even Christ, Christ was Christ. Right. Even Christ was Christ. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Jesus so Christ. When, when, crazy. So Jesus Christ. Right. So when um and Jesus wasn't Jesus's name. Did you see? No, it was Yahshua. You know, Jesus actually comes from Zeus, but that's a whole other story. But no, we're not brainwashed or, you know, told things that are wrong. Um, but so, so this rock, now in the beginning to get the rock to give you water, now water is doctrine, it's understanding. Um, you know, religion beats it out of you to begin with. But there, there comes a time, if you want to get into the promised land, you don't, you don't have to get it that way anymore. All you have to do is speak to it. You know, all you have to do is, is speak the truth and it comes and out of you comes this river of flow. What did Jesus say? You know, if you would ask me for, out of me would come flowing rivers of water, you know, a never ending supply. Um, and the water is, is what heals everyone. It's, it's the truth of love. It's, it's understanding. It's wisdom and a land flowing with milk and honey. Honey is enlightenment. Um, if you break it down in scripture, you find out that it's, it's enlightenment. And milk is, um, uh, Paul talks about how some people just need the sincere milk. You know, they, they, they're not ready for the meat. Yet the sincere milk is, it's, once again, it's, it's teaching, it's leading, it's guidance. So this land that we're about to enter into, this kingdom of heaven, um, according to scripture, is not a literal place where, you know, there are angels playing harps, because he said it's not a place of meat or drink but of righteousness, which means right thinking, proper judgment, peace and joy, and power in the Holy Spirit, which is the truth. So, so really the kingdom of heaven that is within us is to be the power to have proper thought, wisdom, enlightenment, peace, 
and power in the truth. And, um, and I think that's awesome, you know, but I don't, I don't think that, and I think to get there, you know, we need a little more than somebody beating the rock out of us. But we know? also and that's know, what, but, but we also know that the last section of scripture uh, before the Israelites enter the Holy Land, b- b- before they cross over, is the story of the blessing and the curse. And it is essentially Moses saying to the Israelites, you're human beings, you are frail, you will fail, you will be dispossessed, you will be scattered to the four winds, but there will come a point when you right. will recognize who and what you are and where you belong. And at I that moment... God mm-hmm. will not forget you, just like he did not forget right. Hagar. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and that's what? the Moses blessing of the curse. Moses never made it in because he was the one that judged us. Moses never makes it in because, once again, he was the first. Moses, judged, him, uh, Moses judged himself, and that was his yeah, flaw. He was, he, yeah, he was. Uh, but, once again, you know, and the beginning of his life, he was, you know, a, a great leader in Egypt. You know, just like uh, he I think, he was, I he think Christian Bale was well, a great he was Moses, Moses by the way. and Ray. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. He did a great job. Yeah, I think he so. Did. He did. Christian Bale can do it. Dude, I like Christian Bale. Oh. I do like him a lot. Best like Batman ever. Is he yeah. the best Batman and, uh, really? Well, I got to tell you now. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you there. I'm gonna say Ben Affleck, and I know you're gonna hate me for it. I Ooh. think he's the best Batman ever. I'm Ooh, sorry. Yeah, we're we're at odds with that one. I thought, you know, we're, we're I'm sorry. I thought Michael Keaton was excellent. Jacob. Oh, Michael Keaton was excellent, but Jacob see, Ben Affleck had the worst written uh, Batman characterization ever. Oh man, he was great. But we could do a whole great. we could do a whole story we could do a whole show on that. <laughs> we should, well, we Did any of you we guys do a whole show on the legend of Batman? What about Dogma? Right. When you talk about, did you see Dogma? I did. It was a good movie. I, yep. I liked him. I yeah, like Ben I, I Affleck the best Kevin. in that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, good flick. It was a good flick. Um, I, you know, I, I really, I, I'm very interested in people that want to think outside of the box because you know I think we've all been put in this box and um, and I, I really uh, like I'm very grateful for people like yourselves that you know will ask questions and provoke thought because. You know, if we if we don't question anything, yeah, we'll we're tell that to Angel. Everything. Just tell that to Angel. Yeah, yeah well, in the because last, okay, Angel's so been in the last <laughs> five or so minutes. Wait, tell wait, us wait! What but you, want. you don't realize Angel's been really, really nervous as a cat, saying, "Stop interrupting." Okay. And I feel that oh, I feel Jacob could. I feel Jacob welcomes it. That's what I thought. Oh no, no! I mean, well, listen. I'll, I'll tell you something. I, I I do I do appreciate Angel. I will say because you know it, there there are times when. Um, when, uh, you know, I have a tendency of, of not m- being long-winded, and I need to get to the point a little quicker, because uh, it's easy to no, get to the point. No, but here's the thing. I'm just echoing the fan base who's saying, gosh, he interrupts so much. God, he's interrupting. Oh, oh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. <laughs> and but, and uh, who? And you know. where are you finding those fans, Angel? I, I just have nothing but, but support here. <laughs> There's just love showered upon. Yeah, they better come talk yeah. to me. I'll... So, I mean, what is your next project? Uh, you know, I don't even know. I mean, wherever the wind blows me, right? Um, <laughs> well, you guys did not it. talk about Tesla. And by oh, the way, yeah, talk about Tesla. Yeah. Tell us about Tesla. Go ahead. 
Oh uh, well, no, I, I just I just wanted to make the reference with Elon Musk and, and talk because my I'm fascinated now. Okay, so I guess where I'm going right now is I'm really interested in this idea of um, you know the possibility of whether or not this could be some sort of you know uh, simulation or uh, and it's listen it's this is not something that's new. Many people have, have touched on this before, and you know the idea that. Right now, as I'm sitting here and I'm looking at everything, oh, this is, this is, I'm looking at everything around me and it's all created by someone, you know, and I, I do, a lot of people say that I'm foolish to believe that there is a possible, there's an architect. No. When you think you know? of, I think of this story, C Columbus and his three vessels are landing at Hispaniola and the natives, the indigenous peoples looking out could not recognize the sailing craft, but they could recognize the longboats right. that were carrying right. Columbus. That's supposedly a myth. Right, 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 right. It's, it's yeah, a, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's true, but I've heard it because they, yeah. they didn't know how to wrap their minds around it. Right, and that. and that's similar to the hundredth monkey idea, which I loved. That on a you know the hundredth monkey to grasp an idea, and it just suddenly spreads through the whole colony. That's a myth, also. So we can't really use those two anymore, at the moment. I love that. I love that hundredth monkey. Me too. <laughs> you know? Me too. If you want to know something, my hundredth video is one when it seems to be the one that went viral. Wow. <laughs> really. <laughs> So who's to say, you know? Yeah, it just seemed like it. I, because I remember seeing the video, and I go, wow, it's the 100th video. I bet it's oh. going to be like the 100th monkey. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. so, so for the five or so minutes we have left, I just have to drop this mini bomb. Um, when in your video you are talking about the lines, life is like a box of chocolate. Don't go there, I bet I'm going to go there no, because no, I, of I the irony... And the synchronicity okay, of this. Well, it it's the synchronicity that counts. The sheerness. Okay. Oh, now you okay. don't want to talk, huh, Nancy? Yeah. It is. It <laughs> is. Uh, it is this. That that whole metaphor. First of all, the the, the line "life is box is but a is is like a box of chocolates" doesn't come from uh, the Winston Groom novel Forrest Gump because he never wrote that line. Uh, it appears in the movie but not in the right. novel, okay? Okay. The actual, that physical line, that sequence of words comes from a novel called Norwegian Wood from, what, 1980? Murakami, it's translated into, um, yeah, whatever. It was translated into English in, what, 89? I'll get that. All right. Okay, yeah. 89. But the original concept floats back 10 years earlier to um, a novel called Cleaning House that was published in Farris, uh, published by Farris Strauss. Right. That's where the entire metaphor comes from, and Nancy wrote it. Oh, no kidding. You're on the huh? air with the person who wrote wow. it. Wow. Yep. No kidding. That is amazing. Wow. So in the world of synchronicity, since you mentioned that, very, I wanted to bring things full circle. But we live behind very, the... Very, very cool. Yeah, but we live behind the Berenstains, so yes, so we it's live like behind the Berenstains, but the whole yeah. point is that, so you can imagine <clears throat> um, just seeing that line turn up. In the Mandela thing. Right. Yeah. Over wow. and over and over again, to hear David Letterman say it, to hear... Uh, Isn't that uh, interesting? Hank say that, 
to hear people talk about it in the news. Well, life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, but, but to, be fair, uh, to be fair, uh, when you write something, you sort you know, when you write something in, when you write something that you've worked over, you struggled, you thought about, et cetera, you put right. it in a book, um, mm-hmm. and when you suddenly see it again, you just get a kind of a glow of parent, parenthood over it. You know that somebody right. has yeah. somehow, it's, it's gone through the it's gone through the culture, and that's basically right. what we're talking about tonight. That we are a culture. A we're sort thing. of a we're a bunch of beating brains, uh, beating in synchronicity sometimes. And I think that's how you know you kind of light up the board like in that wonderful thing called Strange Things. Stranger Things. Stranger ah, Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. the you know the yeah. the lights kind of begin to come on. I believe that's right, what our right. little our little nodes are like our little neurons as we talk yeah. to the night. Well, and I want to say really you... quickly, two minutes away from happy sure. birthday for my firstborn. Oh, yes. Two... Oh, happy birthday. No, no, no. Talking about oh, synchronicity. Really? Two minutes the away. The 30th? Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, listen, I'd love to get sure you a copy the 30th? of my I'd love was... for you to read I, mean, I, I am I, I am ordering it as we speak. I actually have the oh, Amazon page. I would have sent you one. Oh, well, oh beautiful. Nonetheless, it yeah. will be read. Thank you. And oh, same thing great. with Weisfrau. I always thought it was the 31st. No, your mother's is the 31st. That's my mother is the 31st. Yeah. So <laughs> so Bill Bill has sent Holly flowers, and it sounds like on the on the wrong day. I told you it was sending it Wednesday. <laughs> no. Oh. Let's see. Okay, well, well I'll call life, her in life has meaning, and this is what it's all about, guys. That's right. This is the it meaning. does. It really does, and and you know, I, I really don't know if anything was accomplished tonight, but I'm really glad that I got to be a part of it. Well, it's accomplished some deep trouble is what's accomplished. <laughs> you know, but we trouble we trouble the waters. You know, got to trouble the waters so people can get in and get healed. That's, That's, how, we learn. That's how we learn. Well, actually, here's a quote from Nelson Mandela, by the way. Um, he said he never loses. He either wins or he learns. That's a quote from yes. Mandela. I love it. Yeah. And I also, um, real fast, we have to wrap up, but and next week is Bruce Maccabee. And again, more Tesla stuff. So yeah, we're talking about Tesla. Jacob, you're going to have to come back and we'll, we'll try to stay rigid to a structure. But, and we'll, we will do <laughs> Tesla and we will do the Nibiru thing that you found that I linked up tonight. Uh, it's amazing. We've talked about it on past shows, and we'll get back to that. Uh, wonderful. If anybody goes to jacobisrael.com, they can get all these essays I've written for free. There's like hundreds of them. And, yeah. uh, and please do check out the YouTube. Just Google me or YouTube me, Jacob Israel, and please subscribe. I love you all. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And, and um, thanks, we'll thanks Angel. Thank you, Jackie, from the banks of Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Solberry Village. We are your co-hosts, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Good night, everybody. Burns, and I'm going to be in trouble now saying good night from Future Theater <laughs> on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network as I am heading off to hide. Good night, folks. See you next week.